suck at golf, and let me tell you why. I'm Avery Dovsik, your host of the Why You Suck at Golf podcast. It's been about a month since we last chatted, and today I have a great guest for you. We have Fast Eddie on the podcast, a.k.a. Eddie Fernandez. He is a world long drive champion. He's going to talk about all things long drive and some of his secrets on how he hit 480 yards. But before that, let's hear from Anchor. On the podcast today, we have Fast Eddie, also known as Eddie Fernandez. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Avery. How are you? I am great. Let's give a listeners a little background. You are currently ranked number one in the world in the current Masters Division Long Drive rankings. You were Masters World Long Drive champion and also ranked number 14 currently for the Open Division Golf Channel World Long Drive rankings. That's incredible. Yeah, still still, still hanging with the young kids half my age, So, <laughs> but uh, it's been fun. I love that. Let's dive right in. I want to start from the beginning. Growing up, how were you introduced to golf? So I was actually, when I was five years old, I grew up on a little, you know, just middle-class family, but we, uh, my parents bought a house on a little par 60 executive golf course in Connecticut. Mm. And uh, I mean, nothing crazy. It was a little municipal kind of little hole in the wall, but, uh, but it, I thought it was fantastic. So that's kind of where I got uh, introduced to it. My dad come from a real athletic family. So uh, my dad played a year in the Cardinals organization in in, uh, in baseball, and and uh, so he took me out one day. The earliest I can remember, I'm sure I had a club in my hand when I was like three or four, but uh, <laughs> I can remember when I was five years old, he took me out because I kept bugging him. I wanted to go on the golf course, so we went out the backyard and went on the second hole, which is a par three. He took me like 20 yards from the green, and uh, he showing me how to hit a little pitch shot, and he he like hits it in the hole. He pitches it in the hole from like 20 yards off the green. <laughs> and I looked at him, I looked at him and I said, is that all there is to it, dad? So it was kind of, that was like my introduction. That's as early as I can remember. And he used to tell that story until, uh, until the day he died. It was, it was actually pretty, pretty funny, but, uh, but yeah, so that was my first introduction and kind of got the bug. Uh, I played as, you know, as I got older and uh, played baseball actually, and was uh, that's kind of where Fast Eddie comes from because I threw in the '70s as a 12-year-old oh. uh, in Little League, and uh, which is which is throwing a little bit of gas at that at that age. Yeah. So, um, and my coaches and some of the parents used to call me Fast Eddie. So, but uh, but yeah, took golf seriously at 12, and then you know at 13 I was just completely hooked and and uh, quit base after All Stars when I was 13. I just played golf every day. So you played in high school and then in collegiate, did you, where did yes. you go to school? I went to school at Central Connecticut State University. So I stayed close to home. They went, uh, I had a lot of offers up and down the East Coast uh, and as far West as Purdue. Mm. Um, and being from Connecticut, I mean, the weather, it's not Southern Cal by any means or Florida. So it was, you know, it was cold and raw and rained and it's just, it was pretty nasty. So I learned to play in really tough conditions as a, uh, as a kid. And I decided to stay close to home. Now Central went from, they were one of the powerhouse, national powerhouses. They had a, a head coach there, Coach Lowell Lucas, who's in the Golf Coaches Association Hall of Fame nationally. Um, and he pretty much talked me into going there because they went from division two to division one in 1985. Mm -hmm. And I graduated high school in 88. And he said, you could really help put us on the map in division one. So, um, so I kind of stayed close to home. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the rest is the rest is history. 
I don't know if you know this, but I actually go to school in New York. I play for a team up there, and it's quite the opposite for me. I went from playing in beautiful conditions year-round to now <laughs> um, can't feel my hands with the wind and everything. So it's quite – climate change has a very big factor in your game. Yeah, you think? it's uh, Yeah, you, you become real, uh, real fond of hot hands, you know, in your, in your mittens, especially in the fall and the spring. I just so. discovered those. Uh, I, no, they're the best. Yeah, <laughs> literally a lifesaver. But you mentioned you had kids earlier. Are you trying to get them into golf? Um, you know what? I, we've my wife and I have tried, um, and they like it. They love going to Top Golf. <laughs> Don't we? So all? It, yeah, of course, right? Because they love they you know they love eating and hitting the ball and hitting it as far as they can. But you know they're not. Golf is a sport to where, as you know, this playing golf, you can't force a kid to play golf. You do, they have to want to do it. And, and the, the cool thing about it is, is they love top golf and I'm hoping that's going to be an avenue where they want to really get a little bit more serious about it and play. But you know, it's just, it just takes so much time and so much effort and so much dedication to become good at this game. And, you know, and I'm still getting better at 50 years old. You know, I, you know, just keep working and working and working and, and, uh, game constantly you're just trying to improve yeah i am living proof though that you can be forced to play golf Uh (laughs) 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 because i was forced uh growing up and now i love it of course and it was the best decision ever but i was so young and narrow-minded that i didn't see the big picture um i grew up playing volleyball was addicted to it so and uh, i guess i need a little i wouldn't even say push i would say shove um into the sport to get it rolling but you know hands down best decision I ever could have made but enough about me I want to know how you transitioned and what made you want to explore the long drive world so uh, as a player um had a good high school career good college career inducted into both halls of fame um turned professional right after college uh went to Q school five times uh missed making the tour but uh, won a bunch of mini tour events. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you shoot 63 or four in July, it's what you do in October mm-hmm. and November at Q school. So it's all about a timing thing. And, and the talent was there just, you know, it just, it just never happened. It just wasn't my time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those to really dwell on the past. So my wife was pregnant with our first at 2004 breeze through the first stage of Q school. Um, shoot 66 71 72 70 on a pretty tough golf course and then second stage uh, i did not get my first choice because you have to choose where you're going as the stages go on i did not get my first choice which was out in texas which would have been a good golf course for me and i got uh, my secondary pick which was saint augustine florida which was it just completely took driver out of my hands mm-hmm. and it it just didn't play to my ranks and uh, i just you know just didn't make it happen and if I'd played well, I would have made it. And I just, I just wasn't sharp enough and took 10 years off. Uh, I, my wife, Eileen was pregnant with our first and, and, uh, I decided to just kind of take a break and got into the business world and, and, uh, long story short, uh, about nine and a half years go by and, and 2013, I was watching the world long drive championships on TV. And I always, I'd always hit it really far, uh, always farther than everyone I've ever played with. And uh, so I said, you know what, maybe I can do this. Maybe this is something that I can get back into it. Cause I'd always set my sights after I missed Q school 
uh, for the PGA Tour, I uh, I said, you know what, maybe when I turn 50, uh, I'll have a chance at, you know, playing on the Champions Tour. Uh-huh. So, And uh, 2013, I'm 43 years old, had no idea what my speed was, but I knew I hit it far. And I said, just let me go see, because I knew what the TrackMan numbers were with these kids. Didn't even know what TrackMan was, because it came out after after 2004, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. But uh, so... I went on there. I was 134 club head speed and 196 ball speed with my 44 and a half inch R7 driver, which was like 11 years old. <laughs> so the guys were looking at me like, uh, how old are you? So I was 43 and they're like, yeah, I think we can work with you. So uh, Tommy Azuma up at uh, up in Chicago, Smart Golf and Fitness, they kind of took me in and took me under their wing and they trained me and I was able to have a place to practice indoors uh, I was actually living in Chicago at the time. We moved up closer to, to my wife's family for a few years. And uh, that's kind of how it started. And then uh, I won my first regional to get into the world championships in 2014. And then my first uh, goal round at the world championships in 2014, I had Jamie Sidlowski in my group, which uh, he's a two-time world champion and, and got knocked out by him uh, in like round seven or eight or however they did it back then. But it was a great experience. And I'm like, okay. You know, I think this is something I can do because I was in my 40s and I was hanging with these young kids yeah. and and I just progressively got better. I worked worked my butt off, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got into long drive. That's insane because that's a beautiful thing about golf. And it's like you picked it up at that late of an age and said, you know, this is a field I want to go into. That's incredible. Yeah, for sure. And And deep down, Avery, I had, you know, I had a uh a desire to play on the champions tour i figured this would be a way where it wouldn't take up a ton of time Mm -hmm. where i could i still was working i was working at a restaurant at the time running around you know eight nine ten hours a day uh six or seven days a week sometimes and i'd train you know five or six days a week at at the at smart golf and fitness Mm -hmm. so um but i knew i had a plan and i wanted to use it as a platform to play again when i turned 50 a goal was obviously to win a world championship and, and do well and make a name for myself and uh, and here I am at 50. So I, I was able to win a world championship, number one in the world in the Masters Division. You know, get invited to do some really cool celebrity stuff and, and some athlete charities and, and corporate things. And and it's been it's been a blessing. And just, you know, because people people are so, uh, you know, they're they're so limited thinkers mm-hmm. that. You know, they think, oh, well, people thought I was nuts at 43 trying to compete with kids half my age, yeah. right? Because, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Well, I got news for you. <laughs> How bad do you want it? You know, I knew I had the I knew I had the skill. I knew I had the talent. I knew I had the work ethic. Um, and I did not want to work in the restaurant business the rest of my life. So uh, I had a lot of motivation to do that with three young children and, and being married and stuff. I just wanted to make a better life and, and uh, you know put, put the work in and dedication and it wasn't easy, but you know, you, sometimes you have to sacrifice some things to, to be the best or to be, be the best you can be. And that's kind of where we are. Absolutely. So as of now, what is the longest recorded drive you have and how fast are you swinging? So the fastest, uh, my longest recorded drive in competition is 480 yards. And that was 2018 in the final round of uh, the world championship qualifying out in Phoenix, Arizona. Is it downhill so, or? 
it, no, you have win with you? Flat. Everything is pretty flat. Yeah, I know, right? People are like, did you hit it on the road? Did you hit it on an airport runway? Oh my gosh, like, you're no. like, please stop. Um, but well, he, here's the thing. It was probably uh, north of 218 ball speed. They didn't have TrackMan out. They only have it out for the televised uh, final mm-hmm. eight. So, but I was swinging over 220 before that week. So uh, it could have even been over 220, I'm guessing, because I absolutely just absolutely smoked it. And it was downwind about 15 plus miles an hour. It was 105 degrees, uh, just perfect conditions. And I was loose and I was feeling great. And, you know, I just, I just let it go and uh, knew I had to win that last round to get in and uh, won by 51 yards. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. insane. So what yeah. do you think one exercise or maybe even technique that made you jump from a long drive hitter to our world long drive champion? Um, I would say sequence. When I started working with my coach, Lucas Wald, um, I had a huge lateral slide left because that's kind of how I learned. You, you know, you get to your left side and then you rotate. Um, but in order to create all that speed, uh, you, you de- I, I was definitely over uh, sliding. I was sliding way too much. There, there's a tiny little bit of to get to your left side, but as long as your left hip, if you're a le- if you're a right-handed player, your left hip, uh, when you land in transition, that left hip is inside your left foot, and you rotate, mm-hmm. kind of like um, when Tiger Tiger Woods analyzed my swing. So he kind of talked about getting that left hip behind the foot, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so that's pretty much it. Was about rotation, rotation, rotation. So, and just. Uh, and just making sure your body is, is balanced in speed, power, and mobility. And I do a lot of things uh, left-handed. I do a lot of one-arm, one-legged uh, exercises and movements. And those are crucial to not only, you know, speed and power, you know, stability and mobility, but to, uh, to the quality of, of your longevity. I mean, how healthy you are. And that's, that's the biggest thing with a lot of these guys. Cause you see a lot of them hurt, and, but I train in all different directions and that's the whole key. Like my non-dominant side is all within 5% of strength, power, mobility of my dominant side, which is huge. And mm-hmm. you know, that's why I'm so healthy at, uh, at 50. So what's your opinion on how Bryson and other tour pros are approaching the long drive game? Well, I think it's pretty cool. It's uh, I've had a bunch of them reach out to me. Um, I've actually spent a little time with uh, with Bryson at Bay Hill this year in March, right before the whole shutdown, and um, kind of went back and forth a little bit on Instagram and kind of met him out there for for a couple days. Just uh, you know, I didn't teach him or anything, but he was just picking my brain and and uh, we talked about some of the characteristics that I focus on and, and some of the things that I do from a from a speed perspective and. And, um, one of the things I told him is I said, you know, when you're training for speed, you train for speed, you don't sit there swinging 178 miles an hour, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get there and, and you get after it. I don't care if you top it. I don't care if you hit it 200 yards, right. Or 200 yards left, you are training your body to move faster. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the whole premise behind speed training. And, you know, if, you know, by swinging, you know, passively, I'm like, you know, get off balance a little bit, train your body to move Mm -hmm. fast. Because when I'm swinging, you know, my stock drivers, 130 club, 195 ball speed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm swinging in slow motion because I've got 210 in the bag. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So when I bump that down to 195, it feels like I'm hitting a half wedge. <laughs> so it's so, but that's the thing. If you want your your lower end to, to keep increasing, you've got to increase your higher end because when you swing a little bit, you know, more under control, uh, it feels like you know, it feels like you're just hitting a little knockdown wedge or, or a little seven iron or something. Yeah. So that's kind of how I put it to him. I know this is an interesting, but I think it's cool. I think it's really cool though, that they, you know, that they appreciate what we do. Uh, and we're not just a bunch of, you know, gorillas out there, <laughs> you know, mashing the golf ball with terrible golf swings and terrible golf, uh, golf games. You know, I mean, some of us can really, really play and, uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I know this is kind of, interesting and iffy but is there any testing for steroid use that well there was going to be so um at the beginning of this year we had a meeting with golf channel execs uh, out at top golf here in orlando and they were putting together like the olympic uh you know drug testing and and everything else and they wanted to make it a legitimate sport and uh, grow it and it was on its way until you know covid hit and but they were putting in place the uh, uh, the same drug testing as the Olympics had, and uh, which would have been great because you know the last thing you want is to to have somebody think, oh, you're on steroids. Well, if you saw me in person, you'd know I'm not on steroids. <laughs> so but I'm like six four. I'm not small by any means. I'm six four two ten. But um, but yeah, I think it would have been good to legitimize it because yeah, and just you know, take the, it out of the, the question. Whole thing is when you saw right. So some of the guys in the past you know, may have or may not have, I don't know, but, um, but it just helps legitimize it. You know, Oh, this guy was tested, tested negative. Oh, great. Well, you know, then, but, um, you know, as well as I do, there's probably guys uh, that were doing it, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. You're going to find that in every single sport, you know? So, but, uh, but yeah, they were going to do it until, uh, good old COVID hit. So I love that. Love how it ruins everything. Um, <laughs> it's a blessing in disguise, maybe. We'll see. But for sure. Um, for sure. What kind of advice do you have for people wanting to try long drive? Maybe a younger crowd. Yeah, so it's cool because I have I have people reach out to me all the time through Instagram and and uh, and emails and stuff and and they're like, hey, I can you know hit it really far. You know, what should I do? So my biggest advice would be because there's some there's some launch monitors that, that kind of over, you know, they over analyze. And I mean, I've been 235 before ball speed, um, on some of those devices mm-hmm. and you know, it's not, not even close to yeah. that. So, but, uh, but I would say either flight scope TrackMan, or GC quad, something legit, uh, which is, which they're all really, really close in ball speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, club speed, they kind of differ a little bit by a couple miles an hour, but your ball speed on any of those three machines, if you can get with a normal driver, if you can get up 185, 190, 190 plus, uh, to start out with like a play driver, like 44 and a half, 45 inches, Mm -hmm. uh, then you can definitely gain enough speed to compete. You know, it's now it's, you know, 215 plus is, is elite. Yeah. If you can get to 210, you can definitely compete at 210. Um, anything lower than that, it's, you know, you run into Justin James or, or Kyle Berkshire or someone like that. And they, you know, they hit a good one that it's, you know, good night. <laughs> um, but if you can get to, you know, 215 plus uh, with good flight and good spin and good launch conditions, then you can absolutely do well and you can win. And, 
and that's pretty much where I was um, the last couple of years. For a girl, how compare the numbers just for our listeners? So for a guy, you're saying over two fifteen around there. What is it for a girl? So for a girl, so I think the fastest, uh, the fastest recorded ball speed I think is one eighty two, one eighty three. Mm-hmm which is like insane. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, most of the girls, um, I'm friends with Cassandra Meyer and I, you know, we hit balls together out at champions gate and that's where her husband teaches. And she's, she's right around 110, Mm -hmm. 110 ish, you know, maybe you get up to 111 or 112 on a good day. Uh, but she's also, she's like five, four, you know, she's a little thing and she absolutely pounds it. But I think, so the average girl's probably right around there, maybe a little bit lower, 108-ish, 109, 110. Um, but the elite girls are, you know, 115, 116, 117, 118, right around there. So, you, you know, if, if you're up around 115 plus, you're, you're an elite, you're an elite woman. And it's, it's so cool to watch those girls hit it. And Troy Mullins is fast and she's up over 115 and, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's really cool to see them and just how, how the difference in speed, but they're just so efficient. It's like they hit every single ball on the grid <laughs> almost, yeah. you know? Huh. So I have a chance. I'm not that far off. <laughs> Although <laughs> a, a couple miles an hour, that's pretty, that's pretty far off, but still, <laughs> um, before I let you go, I have to ask, cause you are on the, why you suck at golf podcast. Why do you think people suck at golf? Why do I think people suck at golf? Because uh, they think they know more than they do. Hmm. That's a phenomenal response. <laughs> you know, I, I, I know. Well, it's, it's funny because, they, you know, they watch the guys on TV. And, and the biggest thing uh, for people to understand is golf is a really, really hard game. And it takes a lot of time and a lot of attention. And what I see, like I played in the Pro-Am the other day, and uh, my partners, they hit it okay. But you got them around the greens, and then it was just like skull, hit it fat, you know, three putt, you know, leave it in the bunker. So I think if people focused on within 20 or 30 yards of the green Mm -hmm. or maybe worked with a PGA professional at their club on those short shots, they could save so many shots. Um, It's uh, it's disturbing, like how many shots they could save, like 10 to 20 shots around. And uh, but that's what I I think people. I think people practice their long game way too much and completely negate their short game and pitching and chipping and putting. Absolutely. I could not agree more with that. That is what we're trying to engrave <laughs> in my team's mind. We are like, okay, a hundred yards in, let's focus on that. Cause that's where we're losing all our shots. Yeah. We don't have a problem hitting the fairway. Um, right. But that's, that's where it is. That's absolutely where it is. Well, so much fun chatting with you and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You are welcome. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of your day. Thanks, Avery. Take you care. Too. Bye. So much great advice from Eddie. It was awesome to have him on the podcast. Thanks again to him for coming on. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, rate it five stars or leave a review. You can follow me on social media at Avery underscore Dovsek. That is A-V-E-R-E-E underscore D-O-V-S-E-K. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on the next one.